is our heart's cry. We need you. Oh, how we need you. Oh, how we need you. Oh, oh, oh. we need you. Hey, oh, how we need you. Oh, how we need you. Oh, come on and lift it up and say. God, that they don't matter. 
Father, we speak right now into the atmosphere, Lord, that they can fill us by your spirit, calling them forth, reminding them that they are loved, Lord God, reminding them that we need them, God, that you have a perfect, oh God, will for their lives. You have a good and expected, and you have an assignment that they need, oh God, to fulfill in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak peace to the troubled mind. Lord, we speak healing and wholeness to everybody that it line up according to the way you created for every system, every cell, God, to flow in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will give you the glory for everything you have done and will do in our lives, Lord. We are your living examples, God. Continue to mold us, to break us, to shape us, God, to be like you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, woman of God. God bless you. Allow him to have his way. Good morning. God bless you. We certainly thank God for another opportunity. We thank him for waking us up. I thank him because he's so awesome. I thank him because he loves us so much. I thank him for every opportunity that we have to learn more about him and to become closer to him. And today is is unlike any other day. Um, God is dealing with us, and, and I thank him. But I thank him because he loves us so much, and he wants us to be the very best uh, version of ourselves that we can be, the version that he's created us to be. We're coming this morning from um, Second Chronicles 29, and I won't read all of it. Um, please always go back and read this in your entirety, uh, at, your, at your leisure, rather. Be a Berean. Don't just take my word for it. Go back and read it for yourself. Um, even when you're in church, write notes, take notes, put the scriptures down, and go back and read so that you can apply what you've learned to your life. Um, Second Chronicles 29. And we'll start. I'm, I'm reading from the New King James Version. In the first year of his reign, the first month, I'm sorry, forgive me, Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square and said to them, Hear me, Levites. Now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. They have also shut up the doors of the vestibule, put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore, the wrath of God fell upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he was giving them up to trouble to desolation, and to jeering, as you see with your eyes. For indeed, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters 
and our wives are in captivity. Second Chronicles 29. So, how many of us remember growing up when we had to do spring cleaning? Did anybody have to do spring cleaning? I remember in my house growing up in Chicago, and I knew it was time because my mother would have her music playing. We woke up in the morning, and, you know, you could see all the cleaning utensils. She had the pine saw and the bleach, and everybody in the house had to clean. Um, she was in the mood to clean. And so everybody had to clean. We had the mop and the broom and the pine saw and the bleach and whatever it is that she thought she needed to clean house. And and um, she would do the floor and do the windows and pull out all of the plates and stuff out of the cupboard. It was a deep clean and wash, you know, wash out the cupboards, wash it out, defrost the refrigerator and the freezer and, and, and uh, we had to sanitize the bathroom and 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 uh, and in our house we had a basement, so we had to organize things in the basement. We would have to organize the closet. It was just a lot. And if junk had accumulated, you know, you took it, put it in the bag, um, anything that you didn't need anymore, and you took it outside so it could be thrown away. And it seemed like that took forever, but I tell you what, once it was done, the house looked good and it smelled so good. Looked like you were in a completely different house. It was the same house, but there had been a deep cleaning that had gone on. So now the question is, how did the house get so dirty? Well, it got dirty because we lived in it. And because we were so busy with life that we simply allowed things to pile up while we kept telling ourselves, we'll get to it later. You know, you open a refrigerator, it's got a strange smell, you smell it. You know something in there needs to be thrown out, but you don't do it right away. You just get whatever you're going to get out the refrigerator and you, you close the door back, right? And once you close the door, you can't smell it anymore, and then you go on about your life and you don't think about it again until it's time to go back to the refrigerator, right? Um, and who has a junk drawer in their house? It's full of junk. So much so that it, it, it won't close. You know you got a junk drawer in it, and it won't close, so... This passage in Second Chronicles 22 is about cleaning house. Now, this is about what Hezekiah did when he cleaned the Lord's house because he was one of the few God-fearing kings of Judah, and, and most of the 12 kings before him did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they, they brought ruin and shame and apostasy to Judah. Um, Hezekiah's father, Ahaz, was a terrible leader. And during his 20-year reign, Judah declined in every way, both morally and spiritually, politically and, and socially, and he broke covenant with God, and he desecrated the temple. So Hezekiah said, listen, we got to clean up. We got to clean this temple because, you know, God is upset. Our forefathers have been unfaithful. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forsook him. They turned their backs on God. They turned their faces away. And so, uh, listen, we got we to gotta do some things because I want to make a covenant with God. I want to mend it because it was broken. Because he's angry right now. He's turned his anger on us and because of what we're doing in the temple. And he took three significant actions. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about now. Hezekiah cleaned up the Lord's temple. But I want to talk to you about your temple because, you know, we, we talk about our temples are the, are the body. This temple is what houses the Holy Ghost, your body. So I want to talk about cleaning up 
your temple. Hezekiah did three things. He opened up the doors of the church. He removed the filth from the temple. And he burned the garbage, right? That's what it says he did. He opened up the doors of the church. So before he established any social or moral reforms, before he restored any kind of political power, before he worried about getting a title, before he worried about pulling place, what he did was he opened up the doors of the church so he could restore the worship unto God. So let me ask you something, because what it tells us in Second Chronicles 29 is that um, they had erected all these images of Baal, and they had introduced the worship of Asherah and, and uh, to worship, to encourage the worship of the Assyrian gods. Ahaz stopped the temple sacrifice. He stopped people from coming in and worshiping God. They put out the lamps. They damaged the, the sacred vessels. They closed the doors. And, and when he did that, praise to God was silenced. So I ask you this morning, what's happening in your temple that silenced your praise, caused you to no longer fear God? What's happening in your temple that has hindered your worship? Have you closed yourself to the worship of God? Are there some things going on in your temple, in your mind, in your heart that don't allow you to praise God like you were created to? What's going on in your temple? The second thing that, that Hezekiah did was he removed the filth from the temple. Remember, we were just talking about cleaning house. He removed the filth from the temple. Now, it just seems impossible. This is the house of God, and yet they had allowed so much to go on in it that the temple was dirty. Temple was dirty. And then after he did that, he moved all the garbage. He got rid of all the garbage because it makes no sense to clean it up and leave what you know is dirty in place. So he got rid of the garbage. So let's clean house this morning. Let's clean house and let's start with ourselves because we spend so much time trying to clean other people. Let's clean up. Let's clean ourselves. Let's work on our own temple. And, and we got to clean it because it belongs to the Lord. So what's happened to the temple? What's happened to this, this church? Because we are the church. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about this building that houses the Holy Spirit. We've gotten so wrapped up in our wants and in the way we think it should be that we let the owner. We left the owner, the, the, the father. We've left him out of everything. We have so many programs and don't even realize that God didn't show up. you got so many agendas and so many things that you're doing in your life that you don't even recall that God is no longer directing your life. We're ad-libbing when God has given us a script. Ad-libbing is good when you're singing a song with a choir, but we're ad-libbing in our lives when God has given us a script. Remember, he said, we don't add to it. I trust you. I'm going to seek you in all my ways. But at some point, we stop seeking God and decide I'm just going to add it. So in other words, I'm just going to make it up. But there's a script that God wants us to use. And if you stay on script, everything rolls fine. But something is wrong because we have now gone off script. When was the last time we asked God what he wanted and then waited for an answer? We're always praying and asking God what he desires of us, you know, for the most part. But when is the last time we asked and then waited for an answer and didn't move until he told us to? Because right now people are hungry. 
and hungry for something real, and they're hungry for something true. And so what do we give them? You hungry. You want something real. You want something true. Where are you getting it from? Where are you getting it from? When you meet people, do you show them your authentic self, or do you show them your copy and paste self? When you meet people, do you show them your authentic self, or do you show them your Photoshop self? The images on the magazine, sometimes we look at the women in the magazines and you think that they look like that, but they don't look like that. There's a lot of Photoshop. There's a lot of touching up. They got all these apps now that make you look wonderful. And some of us are trying to present ourselves like that. But now it's time to get real because people are hurting. And people need to see that even though I'm a woman of God and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and God is using me in this hour that I'm human. Now, I'm not saying you got to tell everything and show everybody everything, but what I'm saying is you do have to be authentic. Copy and paste, cookie cutter, Photoshop, that doesn't work anymore. It's great for cookies, but it's not great for your life. Are our temples dirty because we stop loving one another? We don't love people anymore? Because the Bible says you have to love your neighbor as yourself. So is your temple dirty because you don't love yourself? And the reason we know you don't love yourself is because we see what you're now putting in your temple. You've allowed everything to come into your temple. You've allowed things to come into your mind. You've allowed things to come into your heart. Is your temple dirty because you stop loving God, because you stop loving the things of God, because you stop loving yourself? You can't give love if you don't have it. Are you hurting people? Are you hurting people because you are hurting people? Are you bleeding on people that didn't even cut you? Are you holding grudges against people so much so that you're trying to cut somebody else, but you can't cut somebody else and tend to your own wounds? Have you become so social that you no longer have substance? Because that's what was happening in the day. They were letting so much go on that there was no longer any substance. There was no longer any worship. I'm just going to be a social butterfly. When I'm at work, and, and, and I'm a social butterfly, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I talk to everybody. But every interaction, every interaction that I have, to the Father, and that's just the truth. I can't help it. It's a part of who I am. Let's talk about it. And I'm not talking about taking a text and three points, in a, but every interaction that I have, there's something that I have to say about the Father. I had a headache. You know, it could be anything. I, I really had a headache last night. Well, I'll pray for you. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got this thing going on. I'll pray for you. Sometimes it goes from I'll pray for you to, you know, what church do you go to? Do you go to church? Well, when the last time you've been? Well, come to my church. I think you'll enjoy yourself. I think God has a word for you. Come on to my church. I'll see you Sunday. I had that very conversation on yesterday with three people. Miss Nikki, I'm going to come. What's the address? And I gave them the address because in the midst of this, guess what? People don't see my title. People don't see when they're not saved. They don't know who I am. They could care less about that. What they're looking at is this temple that I present, and I got to be mindful how I how I present it, and not just at church. Because all of us know how to dress up and act right in church. But what are people seeing in your everyday life? Seeing in your everyday life. I think I told us before when the Cracker Barrel first opened, 
Uh, my husband and I went, and we love a Cracker Barrel, and when I got my food, it came out on the dirty plate. And I couldn't eat it because it was contaminated. And so ask yourself, how much of what you offer unto God is contaminated because it's coming from a dirty temple? How much of it is contaminated? You want to give people something that's dirty, and you want them to eat it, but what you're serving it from is a dirty temple. We got a tree out in front of our house, and it's been dropping tree sap on our truck. And we see it. It's been on there for months. And this is ridiculous, y'all. It is. But, you know, we notice it. We haven't been cleaning it right away because the tree is still there, and we know it's still going to get filthy. But here's the point. The tree sap on the truck, even though it doesn't look right, and we know that it's dirty, and we know that people can see it, because people can see this, it didn't stop it from operating. I still get in the truck and turn it and it goes. So how many times have we operated and people see us with a dirty temple that we refuse to clean or we say we're going to get to it later? What are we doing in this temple? Because, see, it's time to clean up the house. It's time to clean house. It's time to clean the temple. I know it's fall, but it's time to do spring cleaning. Because now we're at the point that we've become connected to the church but not converted. Now we're at a place that we're walking by our feelings and not our faith. Now we want to be saved, but we don't want to be led. Now we want to slay, but we don't want to pray. Now we're jumping, but we don't have any joy. Now we're singing, but we don't have any substance. Now we're praying without faith. We love the Lord, but we don't love our neighbor. Some of us are talking right, but we're living less. We use one tongue when we're in his house and another tongue when we're in our house. Some of us leave ministry at the house and then come to church. We need to be washed. And so you need to ask the Lord to wash me over again. The Church of God of Christ has a song that says, wash me over again. Wash me over again. In your precious blood, wash me over again. Because I believe that we've left our real assignment. And that's why so much is happening in the earth. Because it's time to get clean. We're dirty because we need to clean it up. Abortion is legal now. Same-sex marriage is legal. Medicinal marijuana is legal. Common law marriage is now commonplace. What's happening? We're operating, but we're dirty, and we need to do the same thing that Hezekiah did. We need to open up our temple, our hearts open to God, our hearts open to God and to worship? Are we ready to hear the word of God or do we look for excuses not to come to church? Are we praying like we used to? Are we trusting God like we used to? Are we tarrying for God to show up or have we now put God on a time limit in our lives? I know you start praying for something and you want God to move and you put God on a, on a time limit and if it's not done the way you want to, then there you go off script again, ad living. Then you go off script. When God wants you to wait, because he knows that what he has for you is greater. You know, sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. We can't get everything right away. This is microwave mentality that we have. We have to wait on God. And sometimes the delay comes because your character can't handle it right now. You're asking for a good thing, but we know that you can't handle it right now. And God says, I'm going to wait. 
And I'm not only waiting because I'm trying to build your character so your character can handle the weight of your destiny, but I'm causing you to wait because I enjoy the fellowship. And I know that if I give it to you right now, you might not come back to me again until you want something else. Let's clean it up. Let's clean up. Let's burn the garbage. Let's stop talking filthy stuff. Let's stop putting out things that are filthy in the air. Let's stop putting people down. Let's stop condemning people. Yes, we notice that there is a truth, and we know that we have to speak the truth in love, but let's clean up our conversation. Let's clean up our conversation and what we're putting in the atmosphere, because your words do hold power. So let's start talking about I'm healed. Let's start talking about I'm delivered. Let's start calling those things which be not as though they were, and let's do it by faith. I'm not talking about being funny. I'm talking about being faithful and making sure that we understand because of what the word of God says, that when I'm presenting my body, when I'm presenting this temple, that I've cleaned it up. Everybody, when they get ready to go to work, I hope you do, you get in the shower. I do a presentation at work, and one of the things we talk about is dress code. And one of the dress code violations is bad hygiene. And I told them bathing is, is um, legal in 50 states. When you get ready to go to work, you bathe. You clean up because you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself. But right now, my pastor in church is talking about it. He made the comment. He said, we work on this image because it's what we want people to see. It's what we want people to see. But now let's make it to where your character and your image become one. It's time to clean up. We've got to stop hanging around with our messy friends. Uh-huh. you got to let go of some of those habits. You've got to stop telling the same lies you've been telling for 20 years. We know it's not the truth. You've got to stop gossiping about people and stop recycling that sin. Okay, so you stop sleeping with men, but it don't change if you start sleeping with women. Stop recycling the sin. Get rid of it. And then begin to die daily to your flesh. Those things that you want to do, those things that come up, those desires that you have, those hidden and secret desires that you have that don't please God, get rid of that. Ask God to wash you. Ask him to wash you. In John, the 13th chapter, when Jesus was preparing to wash the disciples' feet. Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. You'll never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And so Peter said, well, don't just stop at my feet. Wash my hands and my head too. Peter said, I need you to wash me completely. And that's what we need to tell God. I need you to wash me completely. I want my eyes to be clean so I can see your glory. I want to see people the way you see people. I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to see your will clearly so I can stop going off script. I want to see people the way that you would have me to see them. And then I want you to get to those ears, God, because I want to be able to hear things that bring glory to your name. I want to hear the Holy Ghost when he, I want to hear the word that's a sign to change my life. I want to hear you when you call me. And then I need you to clean my lips, God, because I, I want to speak your word. I want to pray with right motives. I want to be an encourager. I want to speak a life. I want you to work on these hands, God, because I want you to use them to do your will. I want to work in the ministry of the Lord. I want to help other people. Work on my mind, God, because I want to think good thoughts, God. I want to think about things that are true and things that are pure and things that are lovely and things that are kind and things that are praiseworthy. God, wash my mind. So I'll get these thoughts out of my mind that are not pleasing to you. Watch me, God, so you can use me, so 
so I can be used to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Watch me so that I'll be quick to forgive. Watch me so that I'll treat my neighbor right. I made some mistakes, and I'm asking you to clean me up. Sometimes I don't tell the truth. Watch me. Sometimes I hold a grudge in my heart. Watch me. Sometimes I steal from work. Watch me. I don't know who I'm talking to. Sometimes I holler at my spouse or my children, and I don't ask for forgiveness. Watch me. Sometimes I show up at church, and I don't want to do anything but show up. Watch me, God. Don't just stop at my feet. I'm like, Peter, watch my hands and my head, too. Watch me, God, so that I can be used for your purpose, so that I can be used for your glory, so that you can get the glory out of my life. Ask God this week, wash me. Now, you only you know where you're dirty. Give all that to God so he can wash you. And ask him to do it daily because we have to wash ourselves daily. But give it to God so he can clean you up so you can be fit for his use. Ask him again, wash me, God, because I want to be right. I want to be whole. I want you to use me for your glory. Help me to clean this temple, God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. He is worthy of the glory and the honor. We thank God for the word this morning. I literally couldn't type fast enough what powerful nuggets cleaning up our temple. And and I love the point you you made that uh, there's some things we can do to clean up our temple. And then there's some things that God only himself can do to clean up our temple. So we thank God that we'll do our part. And we seek the Lord to do what we cannot do. And one thing that I've been talking about for years, having your image shouldn't be versus your character. My God, your image should be a reflection of your character. So to God be the glory for that. Lord God, we lift your woman of God this morning, Lord, and we thank you for the word coming with clarity and boldness, Lord God, just from you, just what we need in this our Lord, we ask that you replace every virtue, God, every bit that she has poured out, God, replenish it in Jesus' name. We thank you that she will have an amazing day on her job today, God. We thank you that your favor will follow her, God, everywhere. Lord God, that your grace and your mercy will go before her, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we just thank you right now. We pray that everyone have an amazing day and remember that God loves you and and that he will clean you up to make you meet for his use. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. Be encouraged, but most of all, allow the God of all creation to make you whole. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. I love you.